So JD, you know that I'm a huge enthusiast of symbols and codes and mm. what they mean to us mm -hmm. as social species. And during um, the reading of the book, the whole series, you know, the novels, the mortal crown is a symbol of beliefs and systems established so powerfully mm. that one beliefs can never be changed, right? It's about the, a credo. Or the almost. illusion of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a world that's constantly evolving, this immortal crown turns mortal every day. It's the zeitgeist, you mm -hmm. know, it's not like something that uh, is a dogma anymore, somehow. So that whole idea that faith can be challenged and questioned, it's established already in the beginning of the book. When... Belwin and his father celebrate, you know, his blood date with his dad and recite a sort of prayer. I'm going to read the prayer. Mm -hmm. Goodbye to the boy you once were. Greetings to the man you now become. With the eternal and the mortal, you are now one. one. And I now receive the blessings of old and the curse from the deep. So I may ride forth one day and bring glory to my name. Wow, that's powerful. So I, I would love for you to talk about, you know, your experiences, and I'm going to share mine as well, growing up in a system where we weren't allowed to question, even though we're both wandering beings. Mm. Yeah, I mean... It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we have hi. three hours, right? Hello, we have three hours. <laughs> well, um... When I was writing Immortal Crowns, book one, I immediately wanted a symbol that would connect people to what we believe is unchangeable uh, and eternal. Mm -hmm. And the only certainty that we have in this life is that life goes on, uh, things change, we move on. Yeah, it's finite. It's finite. And eventually we pave the way for a new generation and for new people. So uh, the immortal crown itself is a symbol, as you said, of this establishment that is also an illusion because things are constantly moving. And I really, really wanted to portray uh, faith in this fantasy world as something that is changed, that can be rewritten, persuaded, um, and it evolves um, in, in this novel, we see the main character on his blood date. He's turning 18, village boy, life is peaceful. Um, suddenly he is blessed and he has to do this ritual just for the sake of the ritual without any sort of context, just because the people in the past would do it. How many times do we do that? Yes. We fall into patterns just because. Yeah. Because. We produce the dynamics we only know. Exactly. And faith is one of the main powers that can persuade us to change our entire lives for the sake of salvation or damnation. And I think there's something really, really powerful about that and, and really, really dangerous. Um, and as someone who, you know, is a master at the art of communication and persuasion, you, you are aware uh, oh, of that as well. Like our ability has human beings to believe in something is what brought us here mm -hmm. because you know 
if you think about it, like the Homo sapiens mm -hmm. back in the day, <laughs> yeah. uh, we are fragile creatures. Yeah, you know, uh, when we were like caveman, cavewoman, if we were in a fight with a lion, we would be like knocked down and exactly. killed. We're very finite and fragile but the moment the social species and the human being decided together and share the same beliefs that we are a tribe that we are a country that we share the same we, we, believe in the same god you know all of this yeah. they are myths Community. they are social constructs yes. capitalism christianism whatever those are beliefs mm -hmm. and our ability to believe in the same thing mm -hmm. is what allowed us to gather and become the pre predominant species because then we gather and if we're 150 then we can beat the lion mm -hmm. but it was the ability to share myths and the common beliefs that brought us here otherwise there was no such thing as like the feeling of being part of an, the same nation or sharing the same credos or you know and this is a mass weapon to mm -hmm. persuade so, to initiate wars yes to justify mm -hmm. behaviors mm -hmm. so like our ability to believe in something is what brought us here mm -hmm. having faith mm -hmm. faith in it's a the system. The, the untangible yeah. gives us reason. Yeah. And it's the intangible understanding of everything that you said that drives us to do what we do. Not that all social constructs are wrong, but they're not tangible constructs. Yeah. Um, and, and they're real because we believe in them. We be exactly. And then we institutionalize them. Exactly. With policies and laws. Mm -hmm. But like... Yeah. To make believe. And and <laughs> in, in, in when it comes to faith, in the general term of faith, not only religion, but the faith in something, that something has to always be questioned and analyzed and be held accountable. Mm -hmm. That's also important, to be held accountable. Uh, there's a moment in the book where Bellwound has a conversation with, with his mother and his mom uses the expression, oh, son, by the feather. Mm -hmm. And in the book, he stops and he goes, why by the feather if a dove is so fragile? Mm -hmm. Why not by the dragon or some majestic creature? Yeah. Not a dove. And then he, the boy is immediately like, question, because that's how things have always been done. And that's the problem. And that's why the curveball of the series is Lucifer's lost son discovering the true identity of his father and his father's past. He loved the creator before they turned mortal enemies. And once again, we, we live in a world where narratives are, are needed. Mm -hmm. uh, they provide foundation, but they must always be questioned a sense of curiosity is a healthy thing, even in faith. And you also grew up in an organized 
religion. Um, and, uh, and now I'm, I'm, I'm actually want to throw the ball to you now, uh, as someone who's so inquisitive, someone who is a wanderer, I, I, how, when did it become okay for you to really wear that statement? This is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is where I'm going. I would say that even though I grew up, you know, in an evangelical household and I was an active member of the church, like a youth leader since, mm. I don't know how many years, but like, and you know, I started early. I've always had this curiosity and inquisitive mind that I should not see the world as a dichotomy. So, you know, even when I, w I was like attending the Sunday service and all the rites and all the stuff we had to do, for me it was about the meaning behind it and not just the protocol. And also like I, I, I've never been a huge fan of dogmas. Mm -hmm. So my favorite passages from the Bible were always like Ecclesiastes, those who are more like nihilistic and a little bit more into the human shadows questioning and not those who are all like rainbows and butterflies, you know. So I do believe like if you, you, you can somehow build your own blueprint of what uh, works for you and I, I keep a, a lot of stuff from that mm -hmm. era mm -hmm. uh, because I, I, I believe in my ability to separate dogma and religiousness from faith and just in life life yeah yeah so it's like you know I, I, I do believe it's something you can draw a line if and you have like the good sense in the sense of agency of just not following because I've always knew like the Bible is a book was added by someone and then translated by someone else <laughs> and then you know like it's just like a lot of layers of human interactions that compromise the text we're authors <laughs> we know how much <laughs> it loses thank you editors <laughs> <laughs> no, but i just mean like just thank translating yeah it's like you know and i'm like yeah you know let's we don't we don't have the original so yeah. i i if they can adapt mm -hmm. if the pastor can adapt and make his mm. own version and interpretation i'm allowed to do that too mm. So that's that's my original thought. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I mean, I, I am writing an entire series about that. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to faith on stage, uh, persuasive faith, it is, in my eyes, a blessing and a curse in the sense of you can really empower communities but you can also destroy communities. Yeah. And when you have such a big platform, you can claim an immortal crown and say that it is immortal. Mm -hmm. But life will show you otherwise. When you call it an immortal crown, so just we can clarify here, it's like those statements and credos that are 
timeless. Yes, that are thought to, that, 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 that people believe cannot change. Change. Right? Example, you, you mentioned, we, we, let's talk about, you know, politics always evolving. Humanity as a whole, we're always evolving, we're always changing. So the idea is to keep a teachable mind and a grateful mind, because I loved what you said, that you keep a lot of the good from that time that you lived in that organized religion, and I do the same. There were many incredible lessons that I carry with me, but I'm I'm an example of what I thought at the time, um, statements and foundations and teachings that I thought, oh, these things cannot waver. They mm-hmm. cannot be shaken. Well, my life shook them all. Yeah. Same thing that you did with your platform, mm, yeah. but especially as as a as a woman, um, you know, and uh, as, as 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 queer people, we we paved the way in so many ways, and and, and even in, in that aspect of faith, sometimes we see messages being preached that, you know, your differences do not make you accepted or make you less. And that's when we have to realize that all these things are but speeches that can be changed and can evolve. A hundred percent. I agree with you. And I do believe that um, the beauty of faith is that we can attach meaning to it according to we can. what I we are. I love that. We can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like um so again as human beings our ability to say oh this is a mug this is a microphone this mm-hmm. is a table okay but to attribute meaning to something mm-hmm. is an ability we have mm-hmm. and it's subjective mm-hmm. and it's beautiful because then like i can reframe and reframe and attach a different meaning to some things that once were an object of oppression Mm. Um, you you said like persuasion can be you know a weapon for the good or the evil Um, I believe like our ability to persuade someone it's built upon trust. So your one is only persuaded if allowed to. So also knowing the techniques and the approach prevents us from falling mm. into then has individuals. So in your opinion, how can one prepare themselves to live a life that is teachable, honorable, and also learn the art of persuasion, protection, and action, like you just mentioned. I think that would be a a nice little tidbit here. First thing, it's like you have to be mindful and aware of the invisible dynamics behind speech. Every speech, you know, there is an underlining agenda and intention 
So once you're able to master those intentions, you can protect yourself. Yeah. And you, you can use the power of your words with more responsibility. Because yeah. that's the main thing. Like People think about persuasion as something damned or like cursed. And it's not. Mm, it is like what you that. make out of it, you mm. know. It is what you make out of it. Yeah. A knife in the hands of a chef, a beautiful yeah. tool. A knife in the hands of a killer. Exactly. A weapon of death. So, like, you cannot blame the ability. Mm. You have to understand the the the, the ethics mm. you're applying to it, and yeah. that's up to you. When when people have huge yeah. concerns about it, what they're telling me is that they don't trust themselves when handle those tools it's about them it's not about the art of persuading i find that so powerful because when i started writing the series i knew the narrative lucifer creator was going to bring a lot out of people and i wanted that because i wanted people to think a little bit Oh, this is how I always saw this. But what if something changed in that editorial process of mm-hmm. of the story that tells us that? Mm-hmm. And it's and I think it ties with it, it ties in with that so beautifully because it really is how we perceive it. Stories give us meaning. That's a quote from Immortal Crown. Story gives life meaning. Story, but stories are also changed as they are passed down from generation generation and it's incredibly important that in this ever-changing world that the only unchangeable thing that we find in ourselves is our willingness to be teachable yeah and our willingness to keep on learning and keep on being curious uh, about this world and if you think about in the context of the the series in the books um, Lucifer was his whole thing was he was an inquiring mind he was curious he questioned a lot right what do you have to say about that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean the account the biblical account that we have and i'm going to use the biblical account because that's the one that uh, most people know we have this that's the non-fiction that's the fiction book (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, that, that is brought meaning to and I look uh, at that story not as oh is this real or is this fiction let's look at the lesson here that we have we have this creature given so much power beauty beauty let's look let's look at the let's look at the mythos behind it you have this creature a lot of power beauty and free will. It is the first time that you see a heavenly creature in the biblical text gain free will to choose to either ascend, knowing the consequences, yeah. and he is punished for it. Yeah. There's a lot there because it ties in with exactly what you said is what you do with the craft. It's how you give meaning to it. Is a story real or not? I don't know. I can't claim that it is. You know, the book of Daniel is so old. But the the lesson behind it, 
I mean, it's what you do with your gift. And in the novel, I gave Lucifer the symbol of the dove. Mm-hmm. And people are shocked when they find out that by the feather relates to the wings of the creator, the lion. Mm-hmm. But now you have Lucifer, a dove born out of a rose. And it's uh, I find it amusing when readers discover that and they message me saying, Lucifer's the dove. Isn't that the Holy Spirit? I'm like, while well, you were taught mm-hmm. that it is. Mm-hmm. But what if there was something else there? And again, I'm not claiming that my fiction is any foundation for the truth. But just like any story, it's there for you to think and to inquire and to really hone your skills when it comes to persuasion, when it comes to learning that craft and how to live life uh, with a teachable heart. Loved it. Yeah. Loved what you shared because once again, it's kind of like the full circle narrative of like the power of symbols and Mm -hmm. beliefs and how we can transform a symbol that once meant the Holy Ghost and now it's like subverted. Mm Mm-hmm to you know lucifer which is you know theoretically antagonist so uh theoretically (laughs) loved our convo um stay tuned for the next episode so because this is just the beginning of it we have three more today we tackled faith and the immortal crown the next one we're going to talk about queer and immortal crown so yes can't wait for it yes stay tuned